Good morning, Starry Sky family. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Alexis, also known as Asteria in Witchy Circles, and I'm a portrait photographer with a master's in history and a passion for the early modern esoteric tradition and old cosmic witchy things that go with it. Star News is my fortnightly look at the upcoming transits in between the main moon phases of new and fall and pulling tarot cards for the community to help us ground the energy of the cosmos. The main show drops on Thursdays and I and my guests are here to support you in building a life you don't want to escape from. It's now on hiatus but there's a year's worth of weekly content for you to check out. Almost to the day as the first episode went live on December 1st 2022. I envision this podcast more like having a cosy brunch with your witchy friends, catching up with life and learning from each other in order to empower ourselves to live life on our own terms. Because not all group of friends are just talking about the latest episode of Love Islands all the time. I'm so tapped out of what's cool in pop culture, I don't actually know if that's even on, but it doesn't matter. I'm not saying there is anything wrong if you are into lighter stuff, making references to anime and otome games and their voice actors all the time on this podcast, but it's a case of creating a space where all of you is welcome. You don't have to pretend all you care about is the deep intellectual stuff so people take you seriously and you look clever, but also you don't have to dumb yourself down if you do care about these philosophical topics. The vibe here is why not both, which is a great segue into the topic at hand. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the period between the full moon in Gemini, today, the 27th of November, uh, to the new moon in Sag on the 13th of December. If you are one of my lovely readers on Substack, please forgive me, but I'm going to quote myself because I think I peaked with the explanation of the Gemini Sagittarius. The medicine of the Gemini Sagittarius Access is about learning to hold the big vision while looking at the details without getting caught in them and bogged down. Some things require us to focus on a small area but others require us to let that go and trust that things will work out without micromanaging. Most likely, the same things will require both approaches at different times, or the tricky balance of both at once. This access is ruled by Mercury and Jupiter, a tension that will be seen at the full moon, but I feel there's room for these energies to work together, built into the zodiac being a wheel. It seems like something obvious now I'm saying it, but the moon truly is the biggest symbol of how all energies play together, in each astrological season, like the symbol of the yin and yang, the seed of one energy is found in the other. Mercury and the third house are fast-paced and versatile, and that's a great complement to the big philosophy, go with the flow energy of Sagittarius and the ninth house. While it's been researched and there's a lot of work out there about how our body stores trauma, and many modalities to release it, often we overcomplicate shifting mindset. 
Often, we hold on too tightly to the things we believe and the identities connected to that. But Gemini, in its duality and quick thinking, help us to see the other way and choose to just release it and live in the what if. And later on, it's poetic that Mercury enters Sag before the sun, almost heralding the season and preparing the way for that transit like a parade heralding a king. As we enter strength here in Tarot and numerology, this image feels like a vivid depiction of what's a positive attitude to the liminal space. In recent years, we've had two royal weddings and a coronation, with crowds waiting for the parade coming by, and there are so many smaller moments of excited anticipation for something about to happen. The clock heading for midnight on New Year's Eve, the lights dimming before a concert or a play, the trailers at the cinema, marathons and cycling events, the final sets of a tennis match. We don't really think twice about living in that moment, holding the tension of what's about to begin with trust that it's coming. Sometimes there are hiccups, like the tech delay in the proceedings. Many people at this point lose their patience and let negative emotions get in. Some begrudgingly stick around while others leave. Such energy sticks around, seeing the bigger picture, making friends in the queue like teenagers bonding over the Roshi and the fandom event. Their love for the idols so great that rain or shine, or snow one time for me actually, knowing nothing can get in the way of seeing that concert. Celebrating the beauty of the shared experience of waiting as much as the shared experience of what it is that you are waiting for. And this is a great question to keep in mind as we face our first transit this very afternoon. Mercury in a square with Neptune. Squares are seen as hard aspects because they involve opposite elements, in this case fire and water. Even without the themes of the planets coming into play yet, we can see the tension between two elements that can both manifest as small or as powerful, and which have the power to extinguish each other. Most people talking about the two planets will have a negative energy around this transit, but honestly, I think being careful to avoid misunderstanding through clear thinking and clear speaking is a good thing to do at all times. Tell me you have Mercury in Capricorn without telling me you have Mercury in Capricorn. Anyway, I prefer to look at transits from a more empowered lens of what are these planets highlighting in my life and how can I work with this energy? That doesn't mean work in terms of spells and ritual necessarily, although by all means the transit can and do inform that, but that's a topic for another time. Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces and in domicile if you use that system, Otherwise, you are looking at two Jupiter rule signs, which in my opinion colors the way we can look at the square in a more positive lens. Neptune is also still retrograde until the 6th, which adds another layer and an introspective focus to the transit. On the 1st, we have the first major transit of these two weeks, which is Mercury shifting into Capricorn. And just over 24 hours later, hitting its ruler Saturn, that is now in Pisces, in a set style. Mercury may not be the most comfortable energy for Saturn or Capricorn, since it fits, uh, sorry, 
it's actually cardinal earth and its energy is all about structures but mercury does rule and exalts and virgo which while mutable is a detail-oriented energy so i don't really see a lot of tension the next major movement is venus leaving her domicile squaring pluto in capricorn on her way to enter scorpio the square is happening on the second and again about 24 hours will pass before the ingression venus scorpio is an intense energy and icky from amnesia's nasal placement uh, if you know you know a day later venus will trine saturn so even if we are now in the fiery energy of sag we still have a lot of action in water signs earth will be like will be active too, with Venus and Mercury both hitting the trajectory of Jupiter retrograde in Taurus on the 10th and the 8th respectively. Oh, yeah, if you're new. I have a wild monkey brain, so I work in themes rather than chronology. Anyway, Mercury and Venus themselves will get a chance to dance on the 11th before Mercury stations retrograde at around 7am UK time on the 13th. Outside of the moon, the only other transit of notice that's affecting the fire signs will be the sun training Chiron on the 8th. So pre prepare to face your core wound once again. So the moon. Since we start in Gemini on a full moon, it'll be with a waning period and it will be half across the personal half of the houses and half across the interpersonal houses. There will be also two long voids, so no aspects to other planets on the 1st and on the 6th. The new moon will be exact at 11.32pm UK time and at 20 degrees, so nearly on its way out of the sign. It's almost like a chance to take the lessons of such season and look at the world with more optimism and less attachment to what we think the world should be like and our life should be like. In my opinion... Detaching from our manifestations is about accepting what is, not from an energy of settling for it, but from an energy of curiosity. And of course, you may not be undergoing any major transitions or looking back on your 2023 goals and planning for 2024, but this kind of hopeful energy is still helpful for your mental health if you can access it. If you can't, it's possible you need some professional support in about as you may be going through a depressive spell or have other conditions that present depressive symptoms. But for most of us, it's often just a case of interrogating the way that we look at the world. And for this purpose, I have pulled the Sun Tarot spread from Labyrinthus. It's defined as a Tarot spread for illumination, for when you need a reminder of good things in your life or of the good things that you bring to others. I felt that we could all do with a little reminder to be grateful, not so much because I'm recording this on the eve of Thanksgiving in the US, but because it gets dark at 4pm, so we need all the coziness that we can get. So the positions for this spread are quite interesting, because we have one called abundance that is defined as what is flourishing in your life right now, what is thriving where in your life is there abundance and celebration and for that first position i have pulled the ten of thirds reversed which is pretty ironic 
except that if you think about it, this card, and I absolutely love my deck, and I really need um, Llewellyn to sponsor me because I just like get so many people buying this deck because they hear it from me. It's the mystical manga tarot. And so aside from having the prettiest 3D, bo- 2D boys that you will find outside of Otome Games, it has such fantastic colours and symbolism in it. And I think it's one of the best decks from uh, modern times. Actually, I think it's better than the original Rider Waysmith, but this is not the time for me to enter yet another rabbit hole of dunking on the golden gem. But that is the vibe in this podcast, if you've never heard me doing that before. So the tenth is representing what looks like either dawn or sunset because you see the sun at the horizon there's like the light is really reflecting on the surface of a sea it looks like a lake could be because actually there's like little mountains towards the horizon and then it goes progressively orange and pink and all the way to purple and black because obviously we're well, blackish because we're talking about the sky at night so that is more likely dawn from the colors but um, could be early sunset too although now that I'm looking at it I see stars so maybe it is actually meant to be dawn okay see i'm learning my cards every day so again the 10 famously a card with this representation of being backstab and it's the final card in the suit and it has been a suit all about our thoughts and very strong conceptions of mental health and there's this figure looking towards this sun rising with all of these swords in her back as if she's like the iron throne in game of thrones and she's like knee deep in the water she could easily fall and drown under the weight of the swords in her back so not exactly the most positive cards but we got it in reverse and there's different ways you can interpret reversals and one way that i think applies this time is well two ways actually i think about this time one is the introspective view where you're kind of like looking at this card and you're saying am i the one having this energy is like is this something inside me rather than external to me am i not looking past what has happened and realize i'm out of this situation whatever the situation is and um, kind of the inevitability of the end are you getting stuck instead of moving on and another way to look at it is reversing the effect of the meaning of the card upright which means that we are at the inevitable end and we are letting go of those swords because if we are upside down they could easily fall down well they probably lodged in the back but let's go with the metaphor so this is our abundance 
which doesn't seem so much to be a card that is illuminating what it is in our lives rather than bringing to our attention the kind of thought patterns that we might be having that stop us from seeing what it is the abundance and the fact that we are maybe at the end of a cycle and we didn't even realize we were in a cycle i definitely realized that i was that been in the liminal space for ages but it, it can be easy to not see how much you've grown and how much you are on the precipice of something new so that is the first position with a reading kind of like this very introspective energy and it will follow with the next card and we have this next position is titled sunlight and the question for it is where can you go to find even more happiness and joy in your life and i have pulled the knight of swords reversed and at that point i was like have i actually accidentally turned around the deck and i'll continue that with the next card because it, it's like the silliest thing but the Knight of Swords reverse, aside from being my deck husband, is one of those cards where the meaning is about being too impulsive, you kind of don't really have a thought out plan. And so, especially in the reverse. But I think, and I may be wrong, and you may. Uh, disregard it you, you may pull your own cards for this spread or you can interpret the card that I pulled in a different way but the, your intuition can rule I'm not your guru anyway so the knight of swords being a kind of like impulsive directionless and just getting in the action to me in this context of having this sunlight card of what it is illuminating and I keep locking my phone and losing the spread and forgetting what it is that the spread means. Um, where you can go to find more happiness in your life. I think it's an invitation to stop and look around instead of heading, heads on, galloping on a horse. Because that's another meaning of the reversals. It's kind of like blocks and I think in this case a block is actually not a negative because we are following up from a ten of source reverse anyway in the next card I pulled I did reverse the deck because I thought I how am I pulling two reversals in a row I must have reversed the deck at which point I realized I did not and they pulled the magician reversed so because of the moving around the deck you can look at it upright and be like it was meant to be upright you just reversed the deck or you can ride on with the fact I reversed the deck and the coincidences it came out reversed the magician came out for the position of inner light which is something you love about yourself what is your inner light from where does it come from and how is it usually presented? And the reason I say take it however you like is that I think the card means the same in both directions in this specific context. 
because what you are gonna be liking about yourself if the card is the magician is your ability to create your own reality and yes there are a lot of situations that are beyond your control but the way you respond to them is something you control and your experience of your situation is something you control and all of the things that you go out and create even in practical senses and the work that you do the food that you make the friendships you cultivate wherever you look you will have the energy of all of the elements of the tarot in one way or another so if you see it your inner light is magician upright but if you don't see it it is the magician reversed because you are blocking yourself from seeing and you're like out of touch with yourself and how good you are as a person and how worthy and valuable you are just for existing so that's my take on the Schrodinger card and the next two positions are connected as you have the outer regions um, which is what you bring to others where are you radiating to the world right now and what do others appreciate about you and for more of the let's pull absolutely weird cards today I did pull the five of coins or pentacles depending on your deck these coins in this one and I could spend an entire hour debating the choice of name but anyway this card is pretty much the depiction that you might be familiar with if you have the right away smith deck uh, because it depicts a young girl with actually very fine clothes and what looks like angel wings in the snow with a building that has the five pentacles in the um, window I can't even think today and then light that comes out so there is someone inside that building and she is giving her back to that building and that window and is there crying her hands in front of her eyes and the meaning of five sword, um, five cords is very commonly you don't see what is there and it's an interesting one to pull for a card that has to do with other people because it may mean it's other people do not see you and it may mean that other people are triggered by seeing you especially if you're not in the position that she is and especially if you are the person behind the five coins having whatever it's happening in that place there's a lot of light so probably like a feast or something and there's so many ways she looks like her clothes are ruined so like she fell on hard times and that's not what she's used to have you gone through changes that people are not recognizing this is all for the collective why am i pulling things out related to me but anyway um this is a question for what it is that you are putting out and what i said is just potential suggestions of how to look at it but the general vibe of this card in this position is 
what it is that the energy that I'm putting out people are responding to because we are always responding to the moods of others so if you are working and living with other people what mood you're in will affect them whatever you believe about energy you cannot deny that's just what happens in a space when you are with other people or even on the most basic sciencey level that is just how things are and that five is kind of asking us am i going to be the fire that the window bringing out the light when am i going to be so caught up in my own problems that i'm going to be blocking it because the actual depiction of the car some of the light is dimmed from our vantage point as the viewer of the card because the girl is in front of it and the last card is still a bit of a downer because we have cloudiness which is uh, where is the app ah. sorry this is like my most um, bizarre recording yet I think so the description for this position is what stands in the way of you being able to appreciate all the good things in your life and what needs some clearing. What we have is the Eight of Cups. The Eight of Cups is an interesting card because technically, and I pulled it upright, so technically what we see is someone who is actually moving on from very good situation you have the eight cups and they're full and there's no accidents like you see in the fifth uh in the five now some of them have been uh, lost it's a very good deal but still moving on towards something else that we don't really know what it is and you don't really know how viable it is and it looks completely crazy from the outside but so this journal carries on which i think is actually the same person as the fifth um the five in this deck but so it is kind of like a moody and dark card in uh, this depiction which has a figure that's kind of like a woman praying with the moon in her hair and it's just kind of like floating in the sky almost like a kind of like either a depiction of divinity or um, um, what could be what I was saying? Uh, just like a memory. If you think about like in shows or manga where you have all of this very floaty way of things appearing on the page, and she looks like a panel where you have a memory of someone who's doing that. Could be both. Could be either. She has the hair so dark that it blends with the sky. So it could be someone who died be taken in any possible way but whatever way you take it is the reason you're not seeing the good because you are not allowing yourself to follow what you really feel and you're thinking i have these eight cups here i should be enjoying them why do i want more this is a thirst for something else or conversely is there a bit of a four of cups vibe where you have this apathy towards what you have 
and you're so attracted to the new thing that you cannot see the beauty in the now. All of us will have different things that we resonate with in in this card at different times. We might be a bit of both today as well. But since we are in this scene of everybody being grateful for what they have and then rushing to get a sale the next day, it is a very interesting card to pull for the collective since I know from the data that a lot of you are actually in the US. So this is coming out after Thanksgiving so it's kind of pointless to wish you a good one but I'm very thankful that you let me in your energy every week and I love having you as part of the community so come say hi on the usual places and I still don't know when the main episodes will be dropping again so I'd probably be speaking to you on the new moon and until then keep living in wonder